Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. And welcome to Patriots 4th and 2. I am your host today, Derek Havens, and joining me as always is Mr. Steve Valsjeri. We are both PatsFans.com bloggers. Uh, today we're going to be discussing a couple of the coaching changes, some team needs, and the East Rush Shrine Bowl. Uh, just wanted to go ahead and reach out to everyone and just say thank you for downloading, liking, subscribing to this podcast. It keeps us high in the podcast ranking so other Patriots fans can find us. And I also want to give a shout out to Mr. Russ Goldman, who is our normal co-host, but can't join us today. So it's just Steve and I, we're doing we're, we're doing the, the the duo show today, I should say. Steve, how are we doing today, my man? I'm doing good. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's never a dull moment when it comes to the Patriots. We, we all know that. And there's been a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of good news so far this spring. I mean, yep. you know, we, we knew they needed to make, real big changes on the coaching staff. And so far they're, they're doing quite well. I think with this off season, I mean, you know, we won't know for sure until we see the product on the field, but I think everyone breathed a, a sigh of relief when yep. they hired Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem and O'Brien's protege, Will Long. So I think things are trending the right way this, this year. And I mean, I, I listened to that. I know we'll get to it much later, but we listened to uh, that uh, Tom Brady podcast with Bill Belichick and, you know, uh, Gronk, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Peyton Manning, a couple other people, including Brady's uh, parents, they stopped in just to say hello. But I thought that was a outstanding podcast and we'll, we'll talk about that, but that was some good stuff. I agree. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. I mean, man, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so we didn't do a show last week. We took a breather. Um, uh, I know Russ was tied up. And honestly, I'm busy too because, you know, full transparency to everyone listening. I'm getting married in 10 days. So I got <laughs> just That's up, my, up up to my eyeballs and, and vendor meetings and all these little things. Um, I'm, also, I'm also training a, a rescue dog that I'm hoping to take care of. Oh, uh, nice. So, yeah, I've been I've been busy. Uh, but, what kind of a dog is it? Uh, it's a it's a, it has like a pit face and like a German shepherd kind of body in terms of like the coat. She's she's uh, she's, you know, I'd say blonde, but it has like a dark. You know how like German shepherds have like that streak along their spine? Mm-hmm. You know, she has like a dark, you know, I'll send you a picture, you know, off air. Um, yeah, but she's she's really cute. Um, about, about nine, ten months old, we think. Um, but we've been, she's, she's with, um, she's with a dog trainer friend of mine right now. And we are working on that. We're doing, or actually going to get my marriage license in about, <laughs> about an hour and then doing the dog training after that. So it's it, the, the, the fun keeps coming. Uh, but I do want to say though, I do want to get to the let's go podcast. Uh, Steve, I think that was a great idea by you. Um, certainly a lot of things to talk about, but let's start with the coaching staff. Okay, because I feel like personally, you know, I know you and I um, have similar thoughts to the words in your mouth, of course. Um, But I would say a lot of Patriots fans felt like the coaching staff was, if it wasn't the first thing, it was at the top of the list for many people watching this team. Um, I, I, I know this Patriots team isn't a Super Bowl contender, you know, at least at this moment. Um, but I think they underperformed this year and, and I know you feel similarly, um, for me, I felt like it looked like they didn't have a lot of direction on this coaching staff for much of the year, which I'm sure many of our listeners agree with. And I like the fact that the team has really made it a point to go out this off season, not only hire Bill O'Brien, he brings in an assistant who he's familiar with, who he apparently trusts and will line for the tight ends. Adrian Clem comes in from Oregon. Uh, Adrian Clem, former Patriot. Yeah, he wasn't. A, I know some media members love to drive this. It has nothing to do with this coaching, but yeah, he wasn't a great player. He was, but he was a pro player. And 
just three for time what it's Super Bowl worth. winner. Yeah. <laughs> and for what it's worth, uh, you know, Oregon allowed the least amount of sacks in the FBS last year with only five and 13 games. But, you know, yeah. So he sucks as a guard, but apparently he can't coach if you're listening to the local radio stations. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with. We'll, we'll, the results will be the results, Steve. Um, ultimately, that will be what we all judge. That's the measuring stick. Of course. But I'm happy that the guys went, that, that, that the group in front, the Crafts, Belichick, whoever, you know, combination of whoever, I'm happy they went out and they addressed the offensive coaching staff. I feel like it needed to be done. And they have brought in three new coaches. And I think that that was what they needed to do. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we saw it. I mean, the, the offensive staff was the major reason that they underperformed offensively this year because defensively, I didn't have any problem with the coaching staff on that side of the ball. I thought they did a very, very good job all year long. You know, yeah, they had some issues in some games, but that's, you know, it it's centered around you know, mobile quarterbacks, it's, and it's something the Patriots have had issues with for several years. But it seemed like, at least a little bit, that they kind of finally figured it out by the end of the season. And God knows they uh, they faced a lot of mobile quarterbacks this year. So, you know, maybe that was the turning point for them. But defensively, I did not have any issue with the staff. I like the staff that they have, and I think they all work well together and with the players offensively you could see the holes from day one you know we we took the you know the the avenue you gotta let it play out and we'll see if they can figure out how to make it work and they never did and so a lot of guys you know know, Steve you know last year it just felt like the entire year I mean we were saying this from the before the season even started literally we media members people like us Fans, whoever, everyone's in a collective group. Everybody questioned every single thing they did last year from the jump because it made no sense. And the only reason, like I said this on the on the show during the season, the only reason Bill survived last year is because he's Bill. If that was a first, <laughs> if that was Nathaniel Hackett, he would have been canned three quarters and away in the season. There's oh, yeah. no, there, there's, there's no, you know. There's no other thing in my mind that that would that would allow someone to keep their job like that unless you're an established tenured coach. But they went out and they addressed multiple things, and that at least has to give you at least a little bit of peace of mind, right, Steve? Like, I mean, it has to give you a little bit of like, okay, yeah, maybe this team isn't, you know, up there with the Chiefs and the Eagles, hypothetically, but they're better than what they showed last year. And we said that so many times. <laughs> Yep, all year long we said that because they have they don't have like an offense that's going to put fear in the hearts of everyone in the league. That we're not saying that at all, but they they had the players, you know, to be a good offense, not a great offense, but a good offense. And with the defense, if they had a good offense last year. They would have made the playoffs easily, I think. I think they would have won at least 11 football games because that's what let them down, you know, last year. And it's a shame. It's an absolute shame because I thought, you know, they had a shot to make the playoffs legitimately. And you never know. Once you get in, you've seen fluke things happen and, and stuff happens. So you never count yourself out once you get in the dance. But you know, we knew changes had to come on offense because they never got that figured out. It was always the same things coming up. There was constant false starts. There was constant delay of the game penalties. Those things should never happen on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's going to happen once in a while. Crowd noise might get to you. You might lose your, you know, intercom system there um, on occasion. Those things always tend to happen. But consistently game in game out you know you could see mac jones you know saying you gotta get it in because we're running out of time and that happened nearly every week sometimes more than once so i think that's all coming down to the coaching um you know the the offense was never crisp you know you watched it they would have 
drives that everything seemed to work really well. And those were usually, you know, the first drive of the second half, um, sometimes the second, you know, where, okay, we got it figured out. And then they go driving down the field. And then that's the offense we envisioned for this team. But then they'd lapse right back into that, you know, doldrums where nothing seemed to work and it looked so forced and clunky, as you said, many times. Yep. Well, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting um, conversation with this team right now because I feel like they are in a spot where, you know, I think coaching in the NFL means more than probably the the, the other major sports. I think it's still an, an incredibly important part of the process, and I think with them. They, they seem to lack a little direction right now, and that's what I'm hoping that this new coaching staff kind of kind of finds. They kind of find, you know, where, where this team needs to go. Um, and uh, for me, I, I, I'm curious with, with obviously the personnel, and we'll, we'll get to it because we have all offseason to dictate the roster, and there's changes to be made. But I know for myself, for you, um, I know our many listeners, including including Chris, who says that coaching was on top of his list. Um, I agree. I mean, that was that was the main thing. So I'm, I'm happy to have uh, some new voices in the room, Steve. I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, if we go on to kind of our next subject, not that we have to change the page from this totally, we have discussed, you know, team needs in general. I f- I am still kind of leaning on tackle, maybe upgrading at receiver, I think cornerback. There's a couple others I'd throw in there, but I think those are the the top three needs in my mind. Like if you could add a, a if you could add a good tackle, a good corner, and a good receiver to this roster, I would feel good about that. What do you think on that? And would you if again, I know the team has other needs. I mean, we could go down the list. The, you know, but top three, would you sub any position out? And, um, you know, how would you, how do you see it? I think you, you're right on the money and you can argue, you know, who's which first, is, who's third, right? Yeah. But um, I think you're right on the money. I think tackle is obviously, I think that's number one. I'm sure you agree with that because, you know, if your quarterback is getting hit from your edges, that's not a good thing. And he got hit way too often this year. I mean, yeah, it's going to happen because every team's got athletic edge rushers. Um, but not to the extent it was happening this year. And he consistently had a run for his life, which is not his um, forte, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's not and, worth and, making his money. Mac Jones isn't, isn't making yeah, money running from running no, from no. And nobody's going to confuse him with Patrick Mahomes or, sure. you know, Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen, you know, at, at all. So, um, you know, the tackles, they both had their worst year of their career. So we know they need an upgrade there. I think they need a dynamic wide receiver. And, you know, Tyquan Thornton still might fit that bill, but I would like to see him get an experienced guy in um, rather than draft another rookie. I would rather see him pick up an experienced veteran. If they're if they can do that, either in a trade or you know free agency, and you know uh, corner, I think they still need uh, a bigger boundary corner. Um, the only one they have is Jalen Mills, and he was hurt all the way down the stretch. But you know they still have him under contract for one more year. I could see him being moved to free safety if they. You know, so I love that you just said that. I'm sorry to cut you off. But That's okay. I, I love that you said that because people forget I wasn't. Okay. So p- maybe people who've listened to the show in the past have heard me talk about this. When that free agency period happened, one of my, the, the, I had, I had two people that I wasn't happy about the Patriots signing a couple of years ago. And that was Aguilar and Mills. Mills, Mills has surprised me. Aguilar has been kind of what I expected. Okay. And I don't mean that as any really disrespect to him, but it's kind of what, we envisioned him being here. 
Mills, people forget, he was a corner that that was good early, then got in trouble. But people forget that he was really good for Philadelphia his last year there as a safety. And I don't know if the Patriots are going to do this, Steve, or not. But if you if you're telling me the Patriots re-sign Peppers and they have Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, you know, a couple of them roaming between strong safety in the box, tight end coverage, whatever, and you're telling me you have someone like Jalen Mills in the background, I, I would feel good about that. I like I like his ball skills. I like his awareness. I think both of those things are strong. I think he struggles in coverage. Okay, so he's not a corner, but I think he's a DB that has a good head on his shoulders, and I like his fit here in the with New England. I don't. I do not think people are talking enough about that possibility. Steve, share yeah, your thoughts I, on that because you know I remember when they signed him that a lot of people were kind of re- trying to read the tea leaves and wondering if I certainly was. Yeah. Yeah, if, you know, McCourty was going to retire and Mills was that safety valve, yeah, he can play corner, but he can also move back to that free safety role. And then they ended up needing corners. So he was pressed into strictly being a cornerback. But, you know, like you said, he's got the he's got good size. He's got very good ball skills. I think yep. he would fit seamlessly into that. And that way, if they end up drafting a free safety there's no rush to push him into the lineup we all know bill likes his vets so maybe they sign you know well they they have mills for one more year and maybe they sign him to a a year extension or whatever and then if this rookie starts showing something then they can move that guy back in there and And so what 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 i'm thinking steve is like okay you take a guy on day three who's athletic and maybe he's not put it all together yet Mm-hmm. But you you sit him behind a couple of really really good solid veterans. I mean, I, I'm not saying I, I know there's not any all pros in that in that safety group for the Patriots, but I think there's some good players there. Oh, and some excellent players. And, and so it's like, yeah, take an athlete. He's not ready to start. We, we're not asking him to start year one. We're asking him to start maybe year three. You know, it's like it's like get a guy, put him in there. I think that their group is good. If they can, I I know that. I feel like uh, Jabril Peppers hasn't been talked about enough. Um, I think his his play towards the end of the season was extremely underrated, and one of the reasons it was underrated is because the team didn't didn't do that well. They lost a lot of close games. There was the Raiders, there was the Bengals, there was the Vikings game. Pretty much from Thanksgiving on, it was just a it was it was very it was a frustrating end of the year for Patriots fans, and I and I get that. But what what I feel like people aren't realizing is that Peppers came on strong at the end of the year. And the more and more I watch, the more I say, this is a guy I hope they can retain because I like, I like the group they have back there. Even if Devin McCourty is gone, which is a loss. I'm not, I'm not discounting the loss, of course, especially from a, from a leadership standpoint. But if you're telling me you can retain that group, keep peppers, draft a younger guy, day three athletic guy who just needs to sit and learn. I feel, I feel good about that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, I look at the group they have. I think Duggar is a star in the making. And you got to remember, Peppers are coming off a torn ACL. And they say it takes, you know, a while for that guy to be all the way back. And obviously, early in the season, he wasn't. But as we all saw, as he was getting more and more toward that 100%, he was getting better and better on the field. And I think at the end of the year, you saw – how good he can be, you know, when he's feeling basically, you know, the way he should feel at that point. Um, I, I think he should be one of the priorities to resign. I think him and Jacoby Myers, you know, if, if they can work the money angle, right. I think they should bring both of those guys back. That would be my priority for the free agents. I mean, Right, right off the bat, I think you need to bring those two guys back, one on offense, one on defense. And I, I like the safety position, even if they did happen to lose McCourty, which would be a big loss. It, it would <laughs> Excuse be. me. Bless you. Um, it would be. You know, and we'll, we'll see. Again, we'll see what we can see. Um, so we've talked about some of the coaches. We've talked about some of these team needs. Um I don't want to kill people with draft talk. I feel like it's a little early for that. I have been 
doing some research. I'm focusing pretty heavily right now on tackles, receivers, and corners, as Steve and I just talked about uh, in terms of needs. Um, I do have some favorites. Uh, I, fe- I feel like I feel like you know before uh, you know probably probably in the next few weeks we'll we'll start getting into the names. Um, Steve, yeah, and the free agency has a lot to do with that. By the way, thank you, Chris. He said, "Bless you too." <laughs> Chris is the best. That's so awesome. I appreciate that from across the pond, Chris. You could hear that sneeze probably from there, but um, yeah, I, I think you know, you, you know, I've been doing the same thing. I mean, I'm looking at tackles, wide receivers, you know, corners, safeties, specifically free safeties, and. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, we don't know until free agency rolls around how it's really going to go. Because if if they pick up uh, like one of the guys you mentioned, the guy from the Chiefs, that right tackle, they pick up a guy like him. No, the the, the 49ers, Matt McGlinchey. 49ers, the I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but uh, – uh, you know, they pick up a guy like that in free agency. Well, now, you know, they could still pick up a second tackle in free agency. You never know. But yep. now it's it's not as dire. It's still a need, definite need. But if they pick up a left or a right tackle in, you know, in free agency, then that kind of eases that now you're not double dipping in the draft for a guy. You might double dip later on. Obviously, so let's say, get look, some depth. Steve, let's play this out. Let's say they do draft. Uh, uh, okay, hang on. Let's say they do take uh, a very, you know, high-end veteran tackle. And, you know, they give him a ton of money, whatever. Who cares about the contract? It's not, it's not the point of the conversation. Well, let me ask you this before I even say that. What, 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 is, if you had the, Right now, you have to pick what position they are drafting at 14. What position are you taking? Forget how the board falls. Forget anything okay. like that. Just, yeah, it's just, just saying if, if any anybody was available at 14. Yep, doesn't matter. I, yeah, I would go left tackle. Okay, so if they throw a bag at a veteran tackle, okay, and they get a good one, is your is your thought still the same, or what position would you move to next? If they got a left tackle, because I know that they still have Trent Brown coming back, then I'd have the option of moving him back to the right side where he was more comfortable. Yep. And so I'm uh, I'm still going to try to draft a tackle in maybe the second or third round if there's a good one there for a right tackle. And then there's no rush to push this kid into the lineup because Trent Brown is still there. Now – if Trent Brown plays like he did last year, maybe that push will get a little more accelerated. But I think if they moved him back to the right side, I think he'd probably – I'm not going to say he'll be fine, but he'd be better. Okay, so you 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 would still – but you would – overall, you would still feel like, okay, you know, I probably could wait a tackle if they did that. Because, basically, my point of the matter is the fact that you know, there's a lot to be decided. There is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, I'm as passionate as, as everyone, and I totally understand where people are coming from in terms of, uh, I guess, you know, where the team needs to go, etc. But I would also tell people, well, yeah, as much as that's true, you also need to go through the process. And the process is free agency and... You know, so many things that are going to, they're going to, you know, change this conversation that we're having right now. And I agree with you. I think tackle is probably the biggest one. Um, but I, I do think they can, I do think that they underperformed at receiver this year. I oh, also yeah. can think that and say they don't have enough. I think they have enough if you had a guy like Brady, Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen. I think they have better than what they showed, and I think a very good quarterback could elevate those guys, but I don't think that Max at that point right now, and I think you need to get him a guy. I'm not in favor of DeAndre Hopkins. I want to circle back to that in a hot second. Um, but 
I do think tackle is the biggest need receiver and corner right there. You can debate them, but I think tackle is by far the biggest need on this team. Yeah, I think so too. And, and again, I mean, you're looking at wide receivers, Hopkins and, and Bill O'Brien didn't really get along in Houston and Hopkins made that clear after he was traded. Yeah. Um, so that's probably out at this point. And, Honestly, as good as he was last year, in the last couple of years, um, he is on the wrong side of 30. And you're kind of leery about throwing a bunch of money at a guy that might start breaking down, you know. So the Bill O'Brien, so I I the Bill O'Brien stuff I totally agree with you on. Um, but I also kind of feel like, you know, if if it if it came to it, I think they could coexist. I'm not really worried about that. Um, but I think it's a factor. I just don't, and that's not really overly worried about it. But I, what I agree with you on, especially, is the wrong side of thirty. And what people need to remember is Hopkins is 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 terrific. I mean, he is a phenomenal receiver. He's also going to be thirty-one when the season starts. He's going to cost you a fortune. And I know that, like him and his agent, like many other NFL players do. They, they said that it was paid. a mistake with the whole steroid thing. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter if it was a mistake or not a mistake. If he gets caught again, he's gone for a year. Mm-hmm. He could totally F you over. And accidentally, you know, and, and, and I don't look at, I look at him as a very good player, would love to have him on my team, but I'm not going to over, if I'm the Patriots, I'm not overextending myself. I'll give you, I, 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 I know this sounds like a joke. I'll give you maybe a round three pick. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a lot. Of, I'm not going to give you a lot because my expectations are low. And by the way, if this was a Tom Brady led team, if this was a, if this was a, a team that I deemed a contender right now, I might consider a heavier compensation. This Patriots team is not a receiver away. I, I'm saying the same thing I said three years ago with Cam Newton. This team isn't quarterback away. This team isn't a receiver away from winning a Super Bowl. This is a roster flip. Okay. Yes. DeAndre Hopkins would absolutely help Mac Jones. I don't think anyone would doubt that. If you you watch the guy play for two seconds, you know he's an absolute baller. Oh, and but, he would help all the other wide receivers on the field, too. A, because... a, a thousand percent, because there's the domino effect. <laughs> yeah, because the, he's he's going to draw all that coverage to him, and that's what he's used to doing. Yep. Whereas, you know, if you bring in him, that's going to elevate those other guys around him. Um, and and I, I believe a guy like O'Brien – as an offensive coordinator, would be able to utilize that because the other guys they have, they have a, a, a good, they're not great. I'm not, not saying that, but they have good receivers and they have two good tight ends that they did not use properly. Yeah. And I so, agree. so if they were to bring in a quality veteran wide receiver, the guy I would really like, which I don't think they have a snowball chance in heck about getting is T Higgins. Okay. Let's talk about, but I, I do want to take a break here in a second, but okay. let's, let's, let's talk about T Higgins for a second. I know that many people have kind of targeted him. Um, what would you give up for him? Because here's, here's my, here's my quandary. Okay, here's my dilemma. I wouldn't give a first round pick for him. No, I think he's a good. I think he's a very good player. I certainly understand his value. I go back. I would rather him than Hopkins because he's a younger player who can grow with Mac. We've talked about that on the pod for over a year. Um, and he's a I dynamic player. I don't see. A scenario where the Patriots are in a position to give up a first-round pick for him. No, I think you would have to. And that's what him. I think you're going to have to do. Yeah, well, you never know. I mean, maybe a second rounder. But even yeah. then, do, let me ask you a question before you answer. Do you feel good? You're the Patriots. First-round pick, whatever position you want, whatever. Second-round pick, you get T. Higgins. What do you? What do you? What do you think? You, you doing that? I, yeah. Because if I told you we 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 already know what T Higgins is worth is, and we, we drafted him in the second round right now, I think we'd all take that. 
Okay. You know, because he's, I think he's a very dynamic player. Um, he's proven in the NFL. He's still very young. He's, I think he's what, 25? He's 25. So he's, I mean, he hasn't even hit his peak. He's yet. entering his prime. Yep. Me. So he's got another five, six, seven years, you know? Yeah. And so uh, Chris, excuse me, Chris has mentioned Jerry Judy twice. So, yep. Um, Here's the thing with Jerry Judy. I think he'd be an excellent player here um, for the system they used to run, Steve. I don't know where, how you feel. Um, and I'm kind of entertaining this question because, you know, Chris is just the man and I, I like uh, his commentary. Um, but I, I kind of run into a similar situation. I don't want to say – I know him and T. Higgins are not the same player, okay? They're, they're different players. But – I have a hard time justifying making those kind of moves with this team right now. And I know that sucks, but it's the reality of the situation, at least for me. I don't know how you feel. I, I, I just feel like, you know, hey, they, you know, they just need a lot, in my opinion. They need they have a lot of holes to fix, and one receiver is not going to fix that. So, oh, no. you know, so I, I do think that, that that's a big deal, and – Everything you're saying is 100% correct. I I, I agree with Chris. Like the, These players would absolutely help. I'm not discounting that. But I also am a little worried about giving up any kind of capital to, to build from the future when they are in the position they're in right now. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I look at uh, Judy's a young guy as well. I think he's only 24. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's – that knows Mac, they actually never really played together. If I remember right, because um, when Judy got, is it, was it Judy that never played with him, but they roomed together? I'm Judy and Mac? Yeah. Um, yes, I think they stayed together at a camp in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think they roomed together at Alabama, but that was the year. Correct, but they didn't, they didn't play together, though. Right. But they knew each other well, and they like each other. Obviously, they were roommates. So, yep. um, you know, he's a guy that could grow with Mac. They grew up in the same system. O'Brien knows that system as well. They could incorporate some of his route trees with what they ran at Alabama. That's why I would be in favor of a guy like Judy if they could get him for the right price. Because I know Denver is in salary cap hell too. But, you know... I, I'm wondering, you know, is Judy going to get moved or are they going to just slash the, the roster in other spots? And if they move him, you know, who, who would they trade him to? I really doubt they would trade him to Kansas City <laughs> yep. because they're in the same division and they don't want to see him twice a year. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's a guy, like I said, he's young. Him. The quarterback and the you know offensive coordinator all know know the same system, so I think that was a that has the potential to grow, and I would love to see that if they could make it happen. Um, you know, eventually Judy's going to want to get paid like everyone else, but if if he's producing, I don't have a problem with that, especially with a guy his age. He's young. Um, I wouldn't be against it. And granted, you're right. They're not one player away, but these are the moves you have to start making to build up, you know, your offense around, you know, your young quarterback. Now and, you and, a- and and I'm a huge hypocrite, Steve. I am. I I I I I I am. I I I can't help it. I as much as I'm as I just said to you, I I they're not a receiver away. I also know they need more talent. So I can sit here and say one thing, but mean another. I, I, I go back and forth. I mean, everyone who's listening can hate me for it, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm conflicted because part of me, well, here's the thing. I don't care if you're listening to this podcast and you're Mac Jones fans or not. I, if, if you're, if you're, if you are with or without Mac Jones in your Patriots future for the listeners, whatever, I'm telling you this right now. And I believe this to my core. It doesn't matter. Who's under center? If if you're not a Mac Jones fan, that's fine. But you need to put the surrounding pieces 
around him to see if he's successful or not. And by the way, if he's not the guy, which again, I'm talking to people who don't think he's the guy, that's fine. At least you're setting the next person up for success. See, to me, that's the thing. It doesn't matter if you think whether Mac is or not the guy, we will find out. The first year I thought he was the guy. I was I was hesitant, but I thought he was the guy. The second year showed you, holy shit, like this whole thing's a is a cluster F. Like, well, yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and see in this third year if he can kind of replicate his first year, if he can build on that. If he's not, at least you're setting yourself up. We we wanna we wanna set him up for success. And if it's not him, we wanna set up whoever's next up for success. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think getting a, a receiver like this, yes, you know, now you're at least giving him the weapons surrounding. We should know better. If the offensive line is improved, if they get a, a really dynamic wide receiver, you know, and with a actual offensive coordinator, then we should have a better idea if Matt can be that guy. You know, I agree. Now, there's a lot of other factors that could happen during the season that could set you back. But, you know, you have to start somewhere. And I think we're all in agreement they need, you know, uh, some help at wide receiver. And, you know, I'm, I'm not on board with using an early round pick on another rookie because, you know, we know that Patriot offense, if Bill O'Brien goes back to what we all know and he's familiar with, you know, what they ran for, you know, they, they tweaked it over the years, but it's basically the same offense that they ran the whole time Brady was here. That's a difficult offense to learn for a rookie. We've all seen that. Even some veterans could never acclimate to it. So, you know, if you bring in a veteran, even if it's a young guy like Judy or T. Higgins, whoever, at least you know this guy's a quality wide receiver. He's going to elevate some of the other guys around him. And the other guys are good. They're good role players. They're just not number ones. So – you know, because I still think Kendrick Bourne has a spot here now that they have a different offensive coordinator. You know, and we're kind of forgetting about him. But, you know, you put a guy like him, Jacoby Myers, T. Higgins or Jerry Judy out there, you still have Thornton, who's going to enter his second year. That's a pretty good wide receiving core. I agree. I definitely so, agree. And, and um, we know O'Brien likes to use his tight end. So, you know, We'll we'll get a better feel for you know Hunter Henry and uh, you know Jonu Smith next year. So let me ask you this, um, and I do want to take a break here in a second, and then I want to talk about the Let's Go podcast. Um, it, it, in terms of let's say they draft, let's say they draft and invest at tackle, okay. And I don't care who you want to sub in for receiver, but let's say they make an upgrade of receiver. I'm not saying all the positions mm-hmm. are going to change. I'm saying one player, whoever it is in your mind. Okay. So they're, they're investing at tackle. They, they, they've, they've both veteran and, and high in the draft and they upgrade a receiver and they've added Bill O'Brien. Don't you feel like it's it's really on Mac? Like I, I feel like I feel like this coming year is really on Mac to I, I give him a pass for last year. I am a Mac apologist. I'm not necessarily <laughs> telling you that I'm buying his that I'm, that I'm buying his stock a thousand percent, but I also feel like he was done raw last year. But if they do these things, Steve, I feel like it's on Mac to kind of be like to kind of announce himself or he could be looking for a second team. After yeah, next year. absolutely. And th- that's the only true way, I believe, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you're in the same boat with this. That's the only way you're really going to get a feel for him. You, you, you right. can't not put him in a position to succeed. And, you know, the first year, I thought they did a good job. I, I know Josh McDaniels protected him a lot during the season and you know, they, they were very conservative with them. But as we saw there, as the season progressed, I thought he got better. And even though they lost down the stretch, I thought his play was better. You know, it was just they didn't have the right people around him. Um, you know, last year was just 
I, I think you could throw last year to the gills because yep. you couldn't, you can't really get a it sucks, a by the way. Sorry, but it just sucks. It does. I mean, I, you know, are we blaming the wide receivers? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can wind back tape of different games. Yeah, this guy made a mistake here. He he should have caught this there, whatever. But, you know, I just don't think they did right by any of those guys last year. And I think no, our I, running I backs were much, much better than their numbers showed. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. Um, well, let's do this. Let's. Let's step aside um, for for podcast purposes. I want to go ahead and take a quick break, and then I want to come back and get and get your thoughts on the Let's Go podcast commentary from this week because there were some interesting nuggets in here. And um, so, yeah, let's just step aside, and we'll be right back after this. All right, and we are back on Patriots Fourth and Two. Steve, we've been talking a lot today about the coaching changes the team needs. Uh, you know, different different draft scenarios. Uh, let me interrupt you for just a second. Oh, please. I, I want to tell you something funny. I was okay. down in the Keys over the weekend. Yep. And we're out on this boat. We go up on, you know, we're on this dock. And almost everybody was from New England. No kidding. And I was, yeah, I was talking with this guy from New Hampshire. His name is Mike. Great guy. We were shooting the breeze with him. And I believe it was him. Because I was talking about the coaching changes and, you know, they brought in this kid of uh, O'Brien's kind of like his uh, his protege. Yep. And they, that pretty much, you know, meant Nick Callie was going to go. And I said, and I don't blame yep. him because he's been passed over twice. And this guy said to me, I sure hope it don't turn out like the last tight end coach they let go. And I'm thinking, who's the last tight end coach? Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball. <laughs> yep. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, and here's I, the I thing, though. Like, here's the thing about Dayball, though, is like he was awesome. He was awesome when he was here. He was awesome when he was around. I'm happy he's had success. Sometimes life, you know, you're older than me, Steve. I don't I don't like to remind you of that, but it's the truth. <laughs> Sometimes timing matters. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Dave Ball's, Dave Ball's time wasn't here, you know, unfortunately. No. And, he was, you know, he, he's, it, it he's just, a terrific coach. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a good point because, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, I I think Callie, you know, we thought he was going to get the job last year. And maybe that might end up being a mistake. You know, they might have had the right guy right in the building. And if they had given him a shot. You know, maybe he would have succeed. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and so this back end of the podcast, you know, I want to talk about, we talked about a lot of things up front and all those things are relevant and there's so much to talk about. I know, I know it's only the middle of February. The Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. I do want your, I do want your take on that, by the way. So we are going to end the show with your Super Bowl, you know, prediction. So keep that in mind if you haven't thought about it yet. Um, but... I think for this team right now, they, um, uh, man, I just, I just, I just think for this team right now, there's a lot to discuss in terms of formatting, coaching schemes, players, etc. Okay. But I do want to talk about the let's go podcast because <laughs> the narrative around the Boston media and I, I know, I know that we we have railroaded on them in the past. Uh, a lot of our listeners obviously listen to the local Boston stuff. Um, if you haven't, I'm surprised, but you know, whatever. I I would say I'm a little. Hmm. I guess I don't know how to form this. If this is not good podcasting, I don't know how to form the sentence I want to say. I basically I basically am saying that I am surprised. A little bit <laughs> with with the media take on this i was shocked to see bill as a guest on a podcast with tom um i i think that it was awesome uh, as i'm speaking as a fan as strictly a fan i thought it was nice because it it feels like 
the media and so many people have been driving stakes through the Bill Tom thing. And it kind of makes you as a fan feel kind of like a, you know, a child of divorce where you're just like, you don't know what you can't pick a side. I, and I know that's a little dramatic, but I'm just trying to think of something that I can relate to. Um, I wasn't expecting Steve. I was not expecting Bill to be on the podcast and yeah, he threw his flowers and we've heard them compliment each other before, but <laughs> at least for me, Steve, and I please, please share your honest opinion. I, I honestly felt like I was, it was, it was nice to hear, honestly, uh, from a fan perspective, because there's been so much negativity. There's been so much, you know, garbage thrown around the last like couple of years. And at least you feel like, okay, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Tell Absolutely me. Absolutely not. And you know, I hadn't listened to the Boston, um, reaction to the podcast but i wasn't surprised by that at all because they've been pushing this narrative that the rift was between these two and that's why brady left and i don't think that was the case at all i think him and bill had their issues sure and as brady pointed out on the podcast you spend 20 years in a close relationship with anyone you're going to fight you're going to argue you're going to disagree and that's human nature i mean that's why we're not all clones. So, but we saw yesterday, I mean, uh, well, when the podcast came out, because um, I, I was making some notes on it, and now uh, when I came home, I can't find them. But um, Brady was saying, or Belichick was saying, Brady could come off the field after a play and pick out six or seven things that he saw. And Belichick was like, you know, it's amazing that his mind was processing all these things at the same time. And then he'd go back and watch the film yep. and say, every one of those things was correct. Tom saw all this. And, you know, and then uh, Brady got choked up a couple of times um, because Belichick did mean so much to him. And the part I liked the best was that Brady made it very clear that the Brady versus Bill nonsense was exactly that. It was I love that he took a dump all over that that storyline. I love it. Every second of it, I loved it. I mean, he it was awesome. It was if you wanted if you want to tell me that it was drawn up before, I don't care. It was drawn up. They both agreed to do it. They both they both had genuine emotion. It sounded like in in, in the conversation, Steve. Like it it, it was like I, I've heard people already talk about how it was overblown how of course you know, it was yeah you know, you know to I, those people even the morning show on 98.5 mark bertrand and i like mark i really do i don't think he's a bad guy i thought he had a shitty fucking take um you know excuse me but i thought he had a, sh a dog crap take uh about this whole thing talking about how uh you know it was all contrived and it wasn't authentic I mean, what, what, what? They literally can't win. There's nothing they can do that that's going to satisfy everybody, right? I mean, there's nothing they can do. I well, mean, the, the media is how many, how many podcasts does Bill do? I mean, <laughs> I mean how many? in 23 years, Bill's done one. What he he sits down with Howard Stern and like, yeah, Tom. Besides that, none. He didn't have to do this. No one paid him to do this. Maybe Tom paid him to do it. I don't even care if he did it or not. It didn't matter. Tom doesn't, or Bill doesn't do podcasts like that. He's that, done one podcast. This is authentic. It, Bill, Bill does not. I promise. I don't know. I don't know Bill personally super well. I'm telling you right now. There's nothing that he does that he doesn't want to do. He, if he didn't want to do this, he wouldn't do it. That's absolutely correct. And the fact that he's never appeared on a podcast until Tom invited him says bingo. Because you know my my whole take on this, the Boston media was trying to drive this home that there was this massive rift between these two. For years, they were trying to say this, you know, oh they don't get along anymore, and blah blah blah. Well, they never went on vacations together. Yes, so. 
but it was all and both of them said the same thing it's always been on a professional level and it was but it doesn't take away the fact that they were very close professionally and anyone who who still doubts that just listen to that and it's not contrived at all but it the reason so many of the media because they're not going to admit they were wrong all those years oh and my that's god what, that's why they're continuing this fallacy that this, you know, in that whole Seth Wickersham book now, I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah, well, I, that I, was I'm, all just saying, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that, um, I'm not telling anyone what to believe, okay? I, I don't, I don't know uh, 100% the details, of course I don't. Um, I'm just saying that I'm not. I know we have a podcast. I know I've done some writing in the past, okay? But I've never I've never once in our 10, 11 years doing this pretended to be an insider. I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm I'm telling you. Um what I am telling you is that as a strict fan perspective, it felt good to hear this. It did. Oh. It it did. And 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 if you want to make fun of me for it, you know, like that's fine. I'm just telling you it's as a fan, it was kind of nice because all we've heard is negativity and some kind of negative slant for basically four years. And this just made you kind of feel like, you know, talk about the one day contract on your own time. Like I, I, you know, I, some people, well, like you know, people I don't. even wrote on Sunday. I didn't think Brady would do the one day contract. I don't but think now so it's sounding like, you know, that he he is willing to do that. And I think that means... This made you change your mind on it, though, right? Like, it made you think, like, okay, maybe maybe it's not as bad as we thought. Maybe, maybe it is. No, and, you know, I, I always thought that he felt betrayed by the crafts, not by Belichick. Belichick sure. was made to be the fall guy that had to give him the bad news. Well, that- peek behind the curtain, Steve. Like, like you know, it, for people listening, I mean, we, we both heard, you know... Um, specifically you, uh, you know, more than once about how the crafts were more about this than Belichick. Um, and we've been kind of it's, back and forth on Jonathan and Robert, but, right. but, we, but you we know, didn't know. I, I had talked to somebody that was legitimately close to Brady and said they had him and Bill came to a handshake deal that it yep. was going to be a three-year, I think it was like $50 million or something. I can't remember now. It's been a few years. But, you know, that's what I was told. And then when Russ ran into Tommy Curran at training camp this year, he asked yep. him specifically about that. And Tom said, you know, because Russ said, you know, Steve has been saying that he heard from a friend of Brady's that there was this. And Tom was like, he's absolutely right. And it wasn't Bill who pulled it back. It was Robert, Robert. Kraft. Now, yeah. I had been told it was Jonathan. Yeah, we Duggan all thought it was Jonathan at first. Yeah, but um, that Robert was the guy. But we, and, we, but but to be fair, I mean, you tell me, please tell me if I'm wrong. I, I'm, I think it's that, but we don't know that for a hundred percent, right? It's not a hundred percent, but you know, Tom you has his about, own sources. You feel good about putting your name behind it. Yeah, I mean, I trust the guy that I talked to, that he was telling straight up, you know, deal, like uh, this is what's going on because. Everything he's ever told me about Tom in the past has been 100%. Yep. So let me ask you this to end the podcast because I'll, I'll, I want to say two things. For one, for one, I want to say it, the podcast was nice to listen to. Again, as a fan, I just felt like it kind of didn't make it as bleak as some of the local Boston media <laughs> makes it sound, it seems. And again, just as a pure fan, it was kind of refreshing. But let me ask you this. Um, based on your conversation, how do you feel about the resolution? Like what do you what do you think what do you think will be the end game of all this? And again, it's not it's not a game, but like what what do you what do you think about like the, the final details of this? Do you think that um, it's gonna be that he'll be around and, and he'll be down to kind of figure it out? Do you think he's gonna be a little aloof? What, what what's your what's your about uh, Brady? Yes, sir. I, I think um, Brady realizes, I mean, he spent 20 years here. This is where he made his reputation. I mean, yeah, he won a Super Bowl with Tampa, but at the same time, 
you know, this is where he made his reputation. He spent 20 years in this, you know, in Gillette Stadium, um, you know, playing for the Patriots, playing for Bill, you know, specifically. So I think, you know, he's all about being recognized for that. And he knows the fans, you know, were behind him all those years. So I think he's going to be all in on that. Whether or not they do work out the one-day contract thing, I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, but I think do think, you know, and Kraft um, kind of confirmed it, that they're going to do a celebration and Tom's going to be a part of it, of his career. And, and so they should. Okay, so I'm sorry, to cut, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I do want to end the show like this, and I do need to wrap this up. But I do want your thought. I feel like Kraft is – how do I put this? I feel like Kraft is kind of strong-arming Brady a little bit into the whole one-day contract thing. Um, he's made a lot, he of, he's made he a lot of public comments, Steve, and he's, he's, he's telling – he's like, I'm not going to – he's like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it needs to do. You know, and now he's making comments today. He's doing it every couple of days. Yeah. And I don't I, I, I don't have no idea if Brady wants to or not. I'm just telling you, it just yeah. seems a little strong army to me. What do well, you think? I think Kraft knew that they rubbed a lot of the fan base the wrong way, the way they handled the Brady situation. Which is true. And he's you know, he's trying to extend the olive branch to Brady into the fan base. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people were ticked about that, and rightfully so. I'm you still know? pissed about it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I literally am still pissed about, it. and I'm pissed at the Red Sox for John Lester and Mookie Betts, but we move on, you know. So, and, you know. And just think about it: <laughs> if they had drafted Mac Jones as Brady's replacement, right? No one would say I, shit, huh? No one would say anything. Everyone, but, everyone would just. But go think along about with it. it: how much of that would have benefited Mac having Brady there? Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, and you know he's bouncing things off him every day. And we know, you know, some quarterbacks don't do not treat their backups well because they're they're just like, no, because you're trying to take my job. Brady always got along great with his backups. You know, go back, Brian Hoyer, all the other guys, Kevin O'Connell. They all talk wonderfully about Brady. And I think it would have done Mac a, a damn lot of good. Absolutely. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think they're going to do this full-blown thing probably – um, we uh, the first home game, or maybe even in the preseason, I don't know, but I think eventually we're going to see a statue right outside. Yeah, the, and I, it, as it should I be. I agree, 100%. Bobby um, Orr's got a statue, Tom Brady deserves Brady, a statue, Brady needs one 100%. Um, and, and they I, should I, have I, one for Bill Russell. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we're going to touch on this a little bit more next week. I do want to, I do want to pick this up next week's show is going to be very similar to today's i feel like we're going to talk about team needs we're going to talk about a couple of different things there's a lot of a lot of team news i do want to discuss the brady stuff some more um but i I feel like this is a good place to kind of end it for today um real quick real quick I, i i don't want a whole lot of analysis i want your opinion give me your score and give me your your team who's taking home. I'm I'm going, I'm going 27-23 Chiefs. I think the Eagles are better two to fifty-three. I just I have a feeling that Mahomes is gonna do Mahomes stuff and he's 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 terrific. So I, I think I think it's gonna be very similar to the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl a couple years ago, where the 49ers lead the fault leave the whole thing for three quarters and then out of nowhere the Chiefs come back and win it. I could see a similar situation happening. I want your take. Yeah, I have um a little bit different score. I have I 20 28 19 Eagles. Okay. I I you- do think that that they have a very good offense and you know with a mobile quarterback like tremendously Hurts, balanced. Yeah, and they have a great running game, and they are so strong in the trenches, which makes yes. me, which makes me want to take them again. Two to fifty-three, they are the better team. There's not even, and I, that's no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good no. kid. 
I, I he's easy to root for. It's it's Philly it's Philly fans. That's it's, <laughs> the Eagles are easy to root for. It's the it's the Eagles fans that suck. It, yeah. it, everybody else is easy, but I do think that you know it, it is tough to overlook that guy in the one five. Oh yeah, I mean, but again, I I think that Eagles team is so well balanced, you know, and they're playing extremely well. Now, if the game is refereed like we saw in the conference championship game, yep, uh, then uh, I think yeah, Kansas City wins by two scores. But I, I think this Eagles team, and you know, I'm not a big fan of the Eagles nor the Chiefs, but. Uh, I just think this Eagles team is really, really deep, and they're good. Like you said, they're outstanding in the trenches, and that's where football games are won or lost. So I'm going with Philly. Yeah, I and I can see that too. I mean, I, again, I think it's going to be a tremendous football game. I think both teams are really good. I'll tell you, I again, I'm not disrespecting the Chiefs. I think they have a tremendous team. Um, the Mahomes Kelsey connection is outstanding. Um, Mahal, the the Chiefs team reminds me very much of, and I know Patriots fans aren't going to like this, but it, it it reminds me a lot of some of the Patriots teams in the years past, where you don't look at it and say like it's a tremendously talented team. Obviously, they're talented, um, but I think you look at it and say, "Damn that 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 quarterback is on a different level," and I think Mahomes is on that level right now. He is, you know, whether. We'll we'll see what we'll see what he rises to or not. Obviously, um, as far as the Eagles go, I think top to bottom, you are just looking at a powerhouse. And you know, it's funny. As much as this game is 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 pass happy and uh, you know just the modern day game, it still doesn't leave some of the, I guess the the bare bones kind of thoughts, which is trenches. And their defensive line and offensive line are absolutely stacked, Steve. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm really, really, really interested to see how that plays out. I I I I lean Chiefs, but I don't feel great about it because I think the Eagles are just that good top to bottom. Yeah, I and I agree with that. But you know, the the one thing I, I will say, I hope Philly takes a page out of Bill Belichick's book. Um because all these teams have been allowing Kelsey a free release. And it's just suicide to do that. Right. Because he's going to leave a linebacker in the dust. And safeties can't match up with him physically enough. You have to chip him at the line. And the Patriots did that. And I'm not going to say they shut him down. But they had much better success against him than a lot of teams that we've been seeing. Sure. You know. Sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, so you're you're you are leaning uh Eagles, you said? 28-19. 28-19. All right, I'm going, yeah, I'm going 27. I'll call it 27-23 Chiefs. I think I think if the Chiefs win, put it this way, I think if the Chiefs win, I think it's gonna be a a hell of a you know back end of the fourth quarter for Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about in terms of, uh, you know, all, all the moves, but you know, it was, it was a nice discussion today with the, with the coaches and, um, you know, obviously I enjoyed our time as always. Um, hopefully we can get Russ Goldman, you know, back on for our next show. Uh, and, but I will be in next week before the, before the wedding, before I step away for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be good to go. Um, any, uh, final thoughts, Steve? No, it's going to be a interesting game. Like I said, I, I don't have a dog in the hunt because I'm not really fans <laughs> of either team. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a good football game. I do too. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great football game. Um, both teams are, are really interesting. I, again, I think the Eagles have shown their medal top to bottom this season. And I think, and I think the chiefs, you know, they're, they're doing what, great teams do they lose a player like a Tyree kill they move him and they move, they move on from him and they're still able to you know draft a couple of guys and kind of keep the the whole train moving I mean it's impressive it's a testament to Andy Reid it's a testament to Patrick Mahomes um so so oh, um, very yeah one quick final thought sure of course. um this morning NFL films had a great clip of Bill Parcells and Andy Reid 
And nice. if you get a chance, check that out. That was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, it's very cool to see, um, you know, but anyway, to everyone listening, uh, appreciate you tuning in as always uh, next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. Not sure a hundred percent of the time. I like to keep it charting consistent, but I know that um, it's been a little difficult with all our schedules lately, including mine. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep you in, in the loop on Twitter on that. Uh, but again, thank you for everyone for downloading, liking, sharing, you know, everything you can do leave a review for the podcast. It helps keep us high in the podcast ranking. So other Patriots fans can find us uh, for Steve Balsh, Jerry, I'm Derek Havens. Thank you again uh, for listening to Patriots fourth and two. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next week.